Neither the left, nor the right, nor the underhand of the Emperor. These two insipid souls plainly just want to go home. They are Shep and Otto, saviors of Rokugan. Our men, if you can call them that, find themselves the wardens of a rather unique individual, having to guide this concerning soul through the intricacies and clans of Rokugan society. So that's it. We'd like to consider the Unicorn Clan for the honor of accepting a new honorable member. Ah, as quick as possible. Sir, what you need from Moto? We need a reason to choose you. A reason to give to our guest. Guest? Where him? Keeping himself occupied out on the veranda. Fresh air, very good. Good for muscle. Yeah, right. Look, Moto, give us something, will you? Something we can use to convince him? Something? What? Oh, bloody hell, I don't know. What's best about your lot, your clan? What is best? What is best is sky and step, trampling foes before fleet steeds, knock of arrow and creak of bow, lament of defeated, and sampling their fine selection of vintage vines afterwards. Wines? Moto like wine? Fine vintages? How can you lot afford those? You not here? Unicorn have money for days now. It's all gravy boat for Moto Moto from here on out. All right for some. <laughs> this is the Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 39, The W Cop. All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? Ponies, ponies, ponies. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth because they are coming and they will bite you. We'll talk all about the love that the Unicorn has gotten over the last few weeks from the community creation to the incoming Warriors of the Wind clan pack. Can you say fate? We'll also share our thoughts on the upcoming Kote season and the format. Will it kill attendance? Will it kill clan diversity? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of, a lot of folks have been talking about this. Now, we've been away for three weeks. Uh, everybody's Thanksgiving, I hope, was was a good one. It was great. Yeah? I haven't played since before Thanksgiving, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It included Black Friday weekend. Yeah, and I played... I've played... uh, I took kind of a a real break from it after Worlds. Worlds is kind of this overdose, intense experience. And uh, I played a little bit there that week and then that was about it i was expect that to happen for for like much of the playing community after like a big cote or big grand cote Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, that you're gonna you're gonna want to like a a a week or two off i would think yeah Yeah, because that's a lot that's a lot of of brain busting for this game yeah Yeah. and it's it's i i think there's two groups right for the 200 or so 300 or so that went they're exhausted they a lot of them probably don't want to play take a break but everybody else who was at home or couldn't go or what have you else, they get excited by what they see, oh, yeah. and they want to play. So I've been playing a lot of folks. Like I've played probably half a dozen times on Jigoku, and kind of am getting my butt handed to me. I gotta say, like, fi- <laughs> like Keeper of Water and Crab, it's not quite as good just because Earth always like it takes some serious changing of my my approach. It's, it's, it's going to take yeah. a bit of time to figure out the new rules. 
Also, since you know, since Worlds, we've had the Keyforge release, and I've been playing quite a bit say, of that. It's been, yeah. been a Keyforge yeah. vacation, definitely. <laughs> yes. yep. I, I, I've got two really good decks, and uh, they're f- it's fun. So, yeah, L5R has taken a little bit of a backseat for me, but it's yeah. it, I, I, hopefully this Wednesday we can get a, can get a good, few good games going. Yeah. And we I, are somewhat in the dry spell, too, waiting for the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Children of the Empire. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they keep spoiling cards. <laughs> yes. yes. And they uh, also announced the Warriors of the Wind. Is, that, am I, is I it Warriors on the Wind or mm-hmm. Warriors of the Warriors Wind? Warriors of the Wind. And then I think the novella is called Something Something Burning Sands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. I'm, uh, that I, I can't wait for. By Daniel Lovett <laughs> Clark. He's, he's, I like Dan Clark's stuff. Yeah. He has wrote a Netrunner novella. He he was one of the original designers between behind the Android universe itself. Oh, oh, interesting. And that was not oh, yeah. that. Okay. The, the, the art, the little. So I, I read a little, I read like the, the synopsis of the novella, you know, Shinjo Shono going into the burning sands and all that sounds like it's, it's, I'm looking forward to that. Cause mm-hmm. one of the things that I have, you know, always wanted went back, you know, when I was playing first edition of L5 is wondering what was beyond Rokugan's borders. Oh yeah, of and course. you know, so knowing what the what the wider world is like, at least that's a what I bit. that's what I c- totally wonder. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. how is it that all this has happened, and they think the fate of the world is upon them when they don't know what's beyond the borders? And you know, well, now we're gonna find out. Yeah, at yeah, least, yeah, at least a little bit. At least a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, we did get a little bit of, of of that from the the Phoenix Clan novella. We got to see a little bit of what's beyond Rokugan's borders, but mm-hmm. now we get to see another aspect of you know the. Uh, you know what's what's beyond them. I mean, the Burning Sands did play pretty big l- later on in the fiction for the old game. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, yeah. why the Burning Sands because it's a desert? Yeah, uh, it's, basically, it's a massive it's a, desert. Yeah, and this yeah, is yeah. northwest. Where where it's uh, where on the compass? North and east. Okay. No, excuse me. North and no, no, north and east would be the in the ocean. Uh, yeah, north, and north, north and west. Yeah. Okay. The, the so basically, you, you. Oh right, right, right. I'm remembering so the map. The, now, see yeah. the uni- you know the unicorn clan uh, lands are sort of in the the northwest of of Rokugan. Basically, keep going north and west. Beyond that, you're into the burning sands. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, I used compass there. Did you get my pun? Because compass was one of the cards that was spoiled. We were studiously the ignoring the pun. <laughs> so compass is an interesting one. It's an attachment. It's a neutral attachment. So as a neutral attachment, at least right now, it doesn't have any influence. It's a zero-cost attachment, plus zero military, plus one political compass gaijin item, of course. And so there, uh, just a little aside, there's one player at Worlds, and I and I played him at Gen Con, I think, and he uses an actual spyglass to remind himself that there's a spyglass <laughs> card on the table. So I would love it if I saw people using compasses to remind themselves that this card is if on the we, table. If we do start that, there'll be quite a large amount of accoutrements <laughs> around the table, including, yeah. quite apart from the enormous ornamental swords. <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to know... Jade Tatsubo, right? You're just like, <laughs> you'll be able to know the unicorn players by the sound of their jingle. Ching is there like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dragging all the uh, the gadget items, items around. Yeah. Yeah. Like another reason not to use Sashimona because it'd be an enormous <laughs> banner stamped in the ground next to you. Oh no no, no. it ha- attached to your back. Yeah, yeah exactly so. Yes. It's, wow, it's a, it looks it's a like you're re- you got a real you got a real stick up your. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> all right, okay, back to compass. Uh, reaction 
After, <laughs> after an opponent's province is revealed during a conflict in which this attached character is participating, look at the top three cards of uh, your decks. One of your decks. You may put any number of those cards on the bottom of that deck and the rest on the top in any order. So this requires a face-down province um, So to, to really trigger, right? Yeah. So it's only it's only going to trigger a, few, a number of times. I don't know that I'm going to see this as, because the stronghold... Holy moly! Mm-hmm. Um, why doesn't why we I, we should have had Jason here? Unfortunately, <laughs> so uh, the Shin the Shiro Shinjo Stronghold. It's plus one strength stronghold. It is a castle. It has ten honor, six fate. But don't worry about that. Don't let that six fate fool you. Uh, ten influence. It is a castle. It says reaction after you collect fate during the dynasty phase, and this is the six fate that you collect at the start. That's right. very specific verb collect. During the dynasty phase, choose an opponent and bow the stronghold. Gain one fate for each face-up non-stronghold province controlled by that player. So first turn, unless they're playing Toshi Ranbo, this is probably going to get you six fate. Yeah. Second turn, now six fate is a big deal, right? If if you're going first, you got to have some cheap people, cheap characters. You put them into play. Maybe you ha- you if you get lucky, you reveal two. Two uh, provinces. You poke. Do do two pokes. Um, if you get really lucky, they poke back and hit a border fortress, and re- you get to reveal mm-hmm. a third one. So that second turn, you could have. You you, you could realistically have eight fate. Yeah, it's it's. I think, I think yeah. boom I think without a, without any other effects, yeah. and, and there are quite a few effects in here. I, I I'm not sure how I feel about this one. If it's if it's going to end up being OP or not. Uh, and it's it's a it's a great stronghold. It's a great design. I like it, but that's a lot of ramp, fate ramp. It really is, mm-hmm. and because it doesn't say unbroken, right? It says face up. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. So yep. that includes broken provinces. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the game, you're you're getting ten fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, in, in le- yeah, or nine fate. You know when you're if going, you haven't when if you're going yeah, against if, yeah if you haven't revealed that fourth non stronghold yeah. yeah. But there's cards in here, like there's the Farseer, the Ayuchi Farseer. A three-cost, two-military, three-political, Shugenja Water, reaction after this character enters play, choose an opponent's face-down province, reveal it. Yeah, Reveal exactly. that province. Blammo. Yeah. Yeah. So lacking all, like, if you just have weenies and you reveal two through conflict declaration, right. you get eight next turn. So six and eight, you're still averaging seven, seven. So you're not ahead of the curve at that point. But anything else that you do to reveal that additional province reveal a third province on their turn on that first turn you're going to be a fate up on those folks i would no i would say eight, 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 eight you're ahead of the curve well I, no I no because no, they have one. seven because yeah. they have seven so seven and seven yeah they've yeah. had 14 collected you have six and eight yeah. on the in the first two rounds yeah, right but, so you have okay. the same amount of fate. but there's a thought to be had there about getting it in one chunk as opposed to you know, it's, yep. you're getting a different bleed, mm-hmm. and the idea that basically you will be getting nine turn afterwards, like guaranteed minimum, unless yeah. some, even with yeah. awaiting hostilities, you'll be getting nine. Right. Pretty much, you'll you will fire someone out, and this is not accounting for what is it? Is it Uchi Wayfinder that reveals another one? So no, no, no. Yeah. Uchi Wayfinder, you only look at the card. That's look why at, the okay. Fire Seer is a big deal. Yeah. That's a reveal. Okay. Right. There's Border no Fortress reveal. is a reveal. Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, Right now, Border Fortress is being used on their own province. They re- like if they're coming yeah, yeah. military or political, they, they use they use it to trigger rally. Yeah, and switch it even mm. if yep. the conflict isn't at rally. Now yeah. it's going to be used on the opposite side yeah, of the totally table. So. Yeah, no, I mean I think the, the curves about the it's 
Mm. How much that opening six is going to hurt is a big question, because you're now looking at a kind of almost a reversed unicorn play, where turn one will be fairly slow. Mm-hmm. It'll have forcibly a little bit slower, mm-hmm. but then we'll go faster as it goes. Eh, have to see. Yeah. Yes, it, it does It does remain to be seen, but it. I am slightly concerned about this stronghold. I think it's. I think it's good. I'm wondering if maybe it'll be too good. I mean, uh, well, we'll it's always always concerned. I mean, like you say, turn th- turn three is going to be ten fate. Any sensible deck playing this right. without without waning or whatever is going to be on ten oh, turn yeah. three, which is like yike. So yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's some serious fate ramp, mm-hmm. especially if if the unicorn player, you know, first turn if they only put out a couple of weenies, you know, you know, uh, like you know, moto youth or something like that, you know, something that's you know zero one whatever cost. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you just have a couple of those out on your from your initial flop. You're gonna you're gonna possibly have you know three or four going into turn two, and you, and then you could ramp up from there. It's a good question. So it, d- it really depends on how how the fate expenditures go, and it'll in uh, the first two turns. Yeah, and yeah. it and it, that's so the fate curve in your dynasty deck is going to be is it's going to be different. Yes, mm-hmm. right because you you want weenies early. You want weenies right. for that fa- first turn, maybe even the second, but then after that, you kind of want your big char- you you want your big guys, your big folks, right. because then you can put three fate on a three cost character, right? Right. You don't necessarily want to put all that extra fate on a one or two cost because of assassination, but getting that the extra fate on a three cost. So it's so where is your curve in your dynasty? Where does that fate curve hit its high point? Where does it? Where are the inflection points in that? That's going to be interesting because. I've had times in crab, in my crab game, where I'm sitting on 12 fate going into the freaking dynasty phase, and I have uh, a three, a two, a one, and a one. Or three, a two, a one, and a, and a holding. Right. And I can't spend all the fate. Like, like the fate is too much. There's too much. Yes. Like, I don't yeah. have anything to do with it. So, what is interesting is, is this where we see uh, the Mantis Clan champion? A big guy, and cost wise, yeah. the big guy cost wise, mm-hmm. that is gets plus one plus one for each fate in your pool. Oh, fair point. Yeah, <laughs> Tadaka, it's a lot more reliable. It's not Tadaka. It's uh, Yoritoma. Yoritoma. Yeah, and, that, and big, big deal there being that's far more reliable gain. You don't have to play your turn a certain way to have all that fate. You're just getting ten at the end of the turn. I can, okay, I see what you're saying. Wait, yeah, all of a like, sudden he's so, like, Blam. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that could. Th- there are ways that this could be disgusting. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. my 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 thought there when you talk about you're not, a Tomo at fifteen. Yeah. When, you, when you talk about not ending, not ending, ending the dynasty phase with um, having fate to spare. Yeah, it's like well, that well, awesome because I mean, I'm normally I play a lot of costed, costed well, right, uh, cards, awesome, so, you know. yeah. But so yeah. you know, so what does unicorn do, right? So well, so you what have cards that take in maybe right. Right, you know? what cards and you I, take in? Wh- how do you uh, reap the benefit of all that fate without costing yourself too much honor? Yeah. Right, you oh, yeah. you want to keep does, drawing. Does, I mean, does, this is coming out. This is this is coming out after children. Yeah, right. right. That's the implication. So, ch- how will children affect the mash five? I mm-hmm. think it'll. I think we'll we will see less of the five mash. It'll it'll, it'll mix I think around. People yeah. will be mashing all kinds of weird numbers right. and. Bleh. Um, at least I'm, that's my hope. I'm gonna say, are you, are you to, to take an extreme version? Are you talking unicorn with fate worse than death? Basically, going hey, maybe I can afford this. Maybe now. wait a moment. Yeah, that, maybe. It's, why? Why wouldn't you? But right? with 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 the what we've seen of you know the dueling cards and children, mm-hmm. 
and composure and things like that. I think I think you're right. The you know auto bid five once once children hits should be gone. Uh, you know it should be so the yeah the auto bid yeah the, the auto yeah. the auto five the will yeah. will be is going away. Yes, right now now th- there but, was I, so, I yeah, did have a good conversation with Eric. He oh, talked yeah? about. The uh, the bid five at the beginning, like you mash five to draw cards, mm-hmm. but then there's cards that allow you to go down, right? Yeah. You play cards to go down. So the bid five might stay up, but you're not going to be up at five the entire turn. Okay, it's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that that was a good point. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, I mean, the mechanics. That was Eric that, Torres, yeah. our friend mm-hmm. from Total Escape. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And our new sponsor. Yeah. Oh, fair play. Oh, new Patreon. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, personally, I've I found that's how I play. Is um, the the auto bid five meta for me has been auto bid what turn one. Almost everyone does that, assuming you're going to get set, and well, after that it becomes more of a duel. But so then well, again, I'm dishonoring a lot of people. So one thing that you know, uh, I had a long conversation with Eric about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, two months ago, something like that. And uh, because I don't like bidding five. Yeah, uh, I don't and, either. Uh, <laughs> and and he was he got in my case quite hard for. Auto for not auto bidding five and not you know for for seeding card advantage, mm-hmm. yeah. And as much as I hate to admit, you know that he's right, he's right. No, yeah, he is. I, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. And so and so yeah, that that bid five for the first two or three turns and then bid one the rest of the game thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's very real. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more twos and threes and fours. And yeah. and if I'm if I'm sure that they're going to bid four. If it depends on the clan they're playing, but if I right. think I've I've lost so much through dishonor, that I will. It, it on the first turn I won't necessarily mash five unless I really am digging for one particular card. If I'm like, okay, I have crap dynasty, I need characters in my hand now. I'll bid five. If I don't, if there's nothing that I'm really searching for, I'll bid four just to get that one piece of honor. Yes, I'm seeding a one-card advantage, but if I have a relatively powerful four first, four, first four cards, then I will seed that one-card c- advantage for now, and then I will use that honor yeah. you know, I mean, going forward. I think that's where I have... We're kind of like um, circling around the subject here, but um, that's where I hit the whole thing that I think the automatic bid five is a imperfect circumstances. I mean, yeah. as a Scorpion player, my conflict deck's strong. So yes, my card advantage is probably worth more than yours. So I will sure as hell bid as high as I can get away with, no matter what I do, basically, right? Unless I'm on the dishonor kill immediately, I will get whatever I can get. But that's not the case in every deck. The crab deck you're talking about there, for example, most of the crab decks I've seen have a better dynasty than they have conflict cards. Mm-hmm. So if your dynasty's good, yeah, sure, why why not ping an honor off them? You can afford a card less. Yeah. That's why that's why I'm looking at. Myself to sort there. of bring this back to yeah. warriors. You know, Unicorn tends to be more draw-heavy, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> well, additional the, draw. the yeah. Jason Wallace Unicorn player that we play with the most, <laughs> he goes five. Yeah, he's the additional draw-heavy. Yeah. But I would yes, agree. thank you for spoiling the curve there, Jason. Uh, well, I mean, anyways. Yeah, but there's a reasonable argument there, like you say. Unicorn are getting bonus draw to get an advantage, right. so there's a good there's a good argument to just maximize it, I suppose. Just get right. whatever I can. And they're also trying to annihilate you quick, so they mm-hmm. need that overwhelming yeah. power. Yeah. So so the the fate advantage that the new the new unicorn stronghold gives in a in a post children meta where people are not necessarily going to be bidding, you know, mashing five all the time. Yeah, there, there is there is a strong possibility that the unicorn could the player could end up sitting on a lot of fate that they can't really use. Yeah, it's also a possibility that they could, you know, card advantage themselves into a dishonor loss as they're trying to outspend their opponent with their huge war chest of fate. 
So there, there, there's an interesting, there's possibly an interesting balance that will have to be achieved there. So here's a prediction for you. I mean, Tobin's already brought up the idea that of um, they, if they, if they are too overburdened with with funds, um, they go into let's use fate in different ways other than spending it. Obvious yeah. one being Yoritomo there. One of the other possibilities is do they go more stally control? He's saying, I've got this huge fate advantage. I don't appear to be able to use it right this second. So how about I do my best to slow the game down to a point where I can. Kind of like the kind of like the, the classic bid one um, dishonor scorpion, but he sits there going, "I'll grind you down. It's cool." And so in this case, it's I will overwhelm you. It's cool. I can wait. Right. The moment I get this advantage, I can just decide to win. I just need the right cards. Right. And and it, I mean, eventually, Ooh. eventually, <laughs> if, and that's where the, that's where the dynasty curve comes in and is yeah. very important. Right. Where is your characters? Because you don't want to put all this fate on a two cost character if your if your opponent has plenty of fate to play or plenty of honor to play assassination. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put. You don't want to just ah. I'm just going to spend two fate on this two cost character. You don't want to throw it away. You want to get in that in that turn three in turn four when you're seeing a lot. You know, nine, ten fate. That's when you want to see your three costs and up, and mm-hmm. you want to put three fate on them. So then by turn five, if you've if you've extended the game to turn five, you've got four characters with fate on them, all with fate on them, and you're bringing out four more. Blamo. So also- windswept yurt is a Big, like windswept yurt could be a big deal in this because yeah. you're not giving fate you're giving honor you're you're removing honor as as a win condition for your opponent because mm-hmm. you don't care about the fate you don't want more fate you yeah. you you're yeah. well you're, it depends on when you when you and you're getting more characters hits uh, true true i mean so, uh, oh yeah of course yeah, of course yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're what i think i might see you know one of the one of the scenarios that i kind of see happening is you know so you're 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 a little bit behind the fate curve turn one you kind of catch up turn two if you if you get the right cards in your first dynasty flop which shouldn't be too hard in most games you know you know that you know you can you can afford to put a little extra fate on some of those characters to keep them around a little bit longer even even in an you know an assassination heavy meta mm-hmm. you can you know they take the chance why not but i'm you know but i think i foresee a lot of second turn shahai's coming out and with lots uh, of uh, uchi shahai which is who Remember? Remind, remind uh, me. Oh, the the, the Shigeji uh, gets the Mishoto yeah, 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 attachments yeah, yeah, basically yeah, yeah, for yeah, free. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can I can see you know throwing her down as like your only Dynasty character second round, putting a ton of fate on her, and then just waiting for round three to you know start reaping the benefits of like eight nine fate. Yeah, yeah. And and you've got her around for the rest of the game. I can see things like that happening. It's it could be pretty interesting. There, you know, how much do I? I have a limited fate pool early on. How much of that do I spend? How much of it do I hold on to? Uh, because I know what I'm going to be getting turn two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a trade down as well. Is it's, I think you're looking at um, walking away and other similar cards becoming far more important. Yeah. Because they're all, like you say, I've got I've got ten fate, and what the hell? It's nothing mm-hmm. but twos on top of my deck? Holy mm-hmm. crap. Give me give me something with some meat, Yeah, please. walking away is a good yeah. one. And, yeah. and, and we haven't even gotten to the point where... What do you splash? <laughs> yeah, what do you splash? But we haven't gotten to the point where... Farseer, the Ayuchi Farseer, negates restoration of balance, negates rally to the cause, negates night raid. Yeah, right? I mean, she's oh, like, okay, we'll reveal that. Boom, bam. Yeah. Like it's if it's my first turn, I've just revealed restoration of balance, but I only have four cards, so nothing helps. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Neutered it. Yeah, it's an interesting part right? of the stronghold tying into encouraging a card, which is then going to shift the meta. Which is that weird little? Because that's that's what you're saying. That, that's what you say yeah. there. Because Farseer is good for that effect, no doubt, mm-hmm. but it's done with the stronghold. And the stronghold is good on its own, but done with Farseer. So right. the two of them line into negating these cards, hitting these meta cards. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it negates prov- the province advantage that some clans have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 the and the auto choices, yeah. as it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so, an so what would you what would you splash in unicorn? So unicorn is is their current roles are keeper of fire and seeker of water, right? So let's say this this comes out March, right? After okay. children. Um, we have no idea what's in children, so let's just take the meta as it stands. Let's, bits, let's that's about an idea. That's all. What? Yeah. yeah. What? What would you splash? Like I say, first first call that comes to mind for me, particularly getting through those earlier rounds, is stuff like um, Fate Worse Than Death. Just big, expensive, enormous swing cards. So go Scorpion, chunk them in. That's pretty much all your pretty much all your uh, your uh, influence dealt with. Would you go Keeper of Fire for the extra influence, or would you go Seeker of Water? Uh, you're probably not going to want the Fate Overlap. I'd take Seeker, a little more um, reliable at first. You more like okay. to get the fate from it, and you don't care too much about the freebie <laughs> yeah, yeah. monks. Yeah, that's yeah. ironic, right? You're you're playing the stronghold that gets you all this fate, and you're playing a role that gets you flayed on the but reveals. Hopefully, round one to negate that one one fate behind. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I'm saying you don't really need the freebie monks because you're going to be loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's you true. You I think you might still play the freebie monks, just you know, yeah, to have some if you play keeper. Do. Yeah, I, I tend keeper. to. I tend to verge away from keeper personally. Again, fate being worth more for events and crap. That's just my yep. my mindset with what I play. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I can see either way. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I can say that. And um, yeah, I actually quite like the idea of seeker with that stronghold. Like I say, turn one, someone going thinking quite deeply about. I'm about to poke them back into a fate advantage here. Right. For sake. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's true. The seeker role would give them that one pop. Um, assuming it got hit, right? the equivalent there's a forty percent chance. Them starting, equivalent to them starting turn two with nine fate, right? Basically, if you find one of those, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh god, that's rough, isn't it? it, it you're, you're 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 compounding the advantage this stronghold gives you. By and now, and now you're starting to see why I think this might be a <laughs> yeah, disgusting that's, that's thing. Nasty. That's nasty. Yeah, that's really <laughs> nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Why this might end? Up, this might end up being restricted. Maybe so. I can see that. We'll see. I'm not. Well, I'm not going to. Yeah. I wouldn't put any money on it. But yeah. this this card is strong enough. That well, yeah. And, and you would message me. We'd we'd message back and forth. And, and you said, but but it, it's it's just face up, not not face up unbroken. And I'm like, but if you make it face up unbroken, then you're actually providing a disincentive for them to break. Yeah, you turn yeah. and unicorn well, doesn't do that. Yeah, unicorn true. I mean, if, if, if you then give them the tools to get a dishonor or an honor win, sure, it would be. Right. Like, yeah, I can sit here and chill out. Like you gain yeah. fate, and but you also take one honor, or for each revealed province, like you gain yeah. fate. But if it's unbroken, then you gain an honor. Yeah, I don't necessarily think like, this will be a weird added, thing, but, but I think it might end up depending on how, depending on what the meta looks like after after it drops, it could end up on the restricted list. Yeah, it's not impossible. Yeah. I think I think you, what you'll see is a sharp unicorn, unicorn resurgence, which is perfectly fine. Which, you'll see it, hey, that's that's stock, fine. The stock yeah. has just risen, so you know. yeah. Now, talking about their stock uh, rising in unicorn, we have a community vote. We've ha- been having community votes the last three weeks, I think. And uh, we talked about that last time with our McCor's face. Eugene McCor's face. Looking at the way the decisions went and how things were chosen, how 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 um, um Cassandric that naming was, <laughs> because we definitely have had the internet make a character, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. So right now it's a otaku family, right? It's the the focus will be on out of clan allies, and then the vote that just concluded said. Uh, the community, just by what I th- interpret to be a hair 
uh, just a couple. Yeah, it was a couple of percentage points. A couple percentage mm-hmm. points. Uh, they voted for balanced skills with high glory. So, yeah, that's, um, that sounds like Aichi McCall's face to me. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. not something I would have thought the design team would go, okay, what are we supposed to do with this exactly? Yeah. Yep, I'm sure yep. it'll be interesting, but what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to follow that along, see what happens. It's really cool to see the Warriors of the Wind stuff. The other spoiled card in that set was Crab, was the Crab card that comes in that set, oh, which yeah. is Hirasuro, Suru. Uh, four cost, four three bushy cavalry because you know he is in the Warriors of the Wind. So and he's on a horse, so that's good. Um, the flavor text says, "We cannot simply hide on our wall and wait." So he he wants to go out from the wall and fight. Oh, yeah. uh, his reaction: He's a one glory uh, reaction after a character is moved to or played into the conflict in which this character is participating. Until the end of the conflict, this character gets plus one, plus one, unlimited. So, fight on, huge for this character. Crisis Breaker, huge for this character. Right? Move to or play Cavalry into. Reserves. Cavalry yes. Reserves. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, is Cavalry Reserves put into play? So, I wonder if that would be get around this. Yeah, yeah. Cavalry play, Reserves, I If it's put into play, you're okay. This. You're not played into. That's yeah, one of the few triggers. Yeah, not playing yeah. into. The, yeah, all kinds of weird stuff. I, I look at this guy, and this is rewinding back to some of our, our older listeners, our previous listeners. This is the old Tyranid box from Conquest, where everything, where I started to refer to things as being from as Death Watch cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death yeah. Watch guy who was brought in who went, "Hi, the new Tyranids are out. F them." F them <laughs> as hard as you can. That's, this guy falls right into that archetype. Well, yeah. The unicorn gets a little load of new tricks. By the way, unicorn, F you. <laughs> as hard as I possibly can. Yeah, and he's a he's a big one. He's not uh, like he's a four coster. He's four three. Good stats and a nice four, nice three. mod glo- glory. Yeah, so. yeah he's yeah. Good, definitely going to get very much embiggened on the battlefield. <laughs> 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 very cool. And then um, there was uh, one one that was spoiled. In the announcement for the novella, oh, that yeah. was Otaku Battle Steed, uh, one cost attachment, uh, plus one plus one, mount attached to a unicorn character. Attached character gets the cavalry trait. Reaction after attached character wins a military conflict. Honor the attached character. So it doesn't. It's not pride. It's pride in the name of love for a horse. Did you get that U two reference? Pride in, in the name, name of love for a horse. No, the, Carl is just I'm, sagging. I'm, I've, I've done two sides <laughs> off the mic, fortunately. I was going to say that for one cost, that's a hell of a lot of card. Yes, it is. Holy it's very crap! Cool. Between very cavalry cool. and the plus one, plus one. Quite apart from the and you win a mill. And we yeah. just voted for a taco person who talks about out of clan allies, yeah. and she's going to have high glory. Really? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and balanced skills. I think a, this battle steed nice, might be going on her. And a very nice horse, to be fair. And a very nice horse. Yeah, very pretty horse. Very cool. Now that just the uh, the the art for the card just needs to be you know like a picture of an otaku on you know a very beautiful horse you know like <laughs> galloping along a uh, the like a the seashore or something like that you know very oh, the original cheesy <laughs> no 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 well, galloping along the seashore and in in the pack behind her you see a laptop because she managed to hack everything and vote herself into existence no. No, that that fell off. All right, okay. <laughs> wow. wow, you guys are a tough crowd today. <laughs> well, if you'd say you, something you, funny, I was, I, was say, <laughs> I was I was going to say that it's one of those things that when you went in, you went uh, in the laptop. Okay, 
and in, you know, I'm, 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 I'm waiting. Let's see. You know, yeah, to, to hack her into. Wait, what? No, no, he lost us now. Carry hack on. Yourself into <laughs> Continue existence? to dig. No, Continue all right, dig. okay. Uh, you hurt my engineer's this is soul. What, this is what happens when one does not train for improvisational comedy. You get uh-huh. bad improvisational comedy. <laughs> that day job you have. Why don't you stick with it? All right, oh, I can do that. I can do me. that for sure. Oh, okay, so. There's there's one thing now we've talked about the the breath and and joy that the unicorn are experiencing now to to contrast that with the announcement for the Cote series the Cote format and the Grand Cote Grand Cote will stay the same mm-hmm. uh, we talked about this a little bit l- last time and we are excited to have a Cote two two single day Cotes here in Denver but after reflecting on it and seeing a lot of the posts and seeing a lot of the discussion. You know, it's it's not ideal, and it does seem to being that you have only the only person who goes six and zero in a six round tournament, you have to get fifty two points. So you can go four wins and two modified wins, but mm-hmm. you have to be unbeaten. Mm-hmm. If you go if you go unbeaten in six rounds, you get Hatamoto, and in theory you would be crown the winner of the Cote, but there is no such title for that, right? You just get mm-hmm. you just get Hatamoto for your clan. If you don't get 6-0, and if you don't go unbeaten, if mm-hmm. there are not more than 64 people at your Cote, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. 64 is the magic number. More than 64, you might have two possible winner, two possible undefeated people. Less than 60, 64 or less, you have one undefeated person. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I, that, I think that could severely impact uh, clan diversity cotes. If I'm not going to get, if I'm going to play a substandard clan, if my if I feel my clan is substandard, why wouldn't I play the more powerful one to try to get an undefeated record and get Hatamoto? Uh I think my my response to that one would be because you won't be alone in that case. You're making it. You know what I'm saying? If you if you decide to ignore clan loyalty, you're turning it into a zero sum game. You're you're making it even more. You're you're. <clears throat> If everyone around, if okay, so you're a competitive player, you're a high-end competitive player. You're thinking about trying to win this um, particular cote. Well, you have to assume that everyone else in your mindset, the people you care about playing, are doing the same thing. So I think that I think then choosing the best clan, as it were, the most successful, is your worst move. You don't care about getting to the top. You care about beating the top guy. That's what you're saying there. Yeah, undefeated. Okay. Now to to win to finish first, you have to finish right. You have to you mm-hmm. have to get there. Yes, but. That's my my thought. There is, I'd be worried about those last two games, not the first four, as it were. I don't know. I think there's, I think the logic's not as solid as people are making out. I, I hadn't encountered too much about this um, discussion about um, making the way up, but that's my initial knee jerk thought. Is there's some logic to say that eh, not necessarily. And and not that I, do, I I I think your thinking is sound. So how do you make sure you get to those? But then how do you make sure you get to those last two rounds having won the first four? With a clan that may or may not be subpar, I think the, I think my feeling there is if you are picking a clan, you're picking the good, the the best counter to the other clan, as it were. Now, is that is that still tying down diversity? I'm not not as much as everyone playing the same damn thing, and I'm not so sure there are two. I'm not so sure that rock paper scissors game is now all that clear with where clans have currently gone. I mean, maybe prior to Worlds it would have been Dragon Scorpion, but I now think there are some good options on either on either side of that. So okay. I don't think it's. I'm not as convinced that's going to be a a dampener myself. We also don't know what it's going to look like once children hits. 
all it's all post uh, presumably post children, right? Yeah. So well, that, yeah, our yeah. cote is in late April, so like this might be post children, post warriors, could even be post uniform, yeah, mm-hmm. post yeah. whoever, well, so yeah, whatever else. Th- yeah, you might have crane coming out by then. Yeah, yeah you got minimum three really strong candidates, and that's not an easy prisoner's dilemma, basically, right? That's not right. an easy play out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, I think I think there's reason to be concerned there. I'm gonna have to, you know, wait and see how it plays out. I really am because I, yeah, it could. Anything can stilt the meta. Children could stilt the meta in some way. If if something like you know drop bears, you know, comes out of you know comes out once children hits, you know, it, it, we could see a, a stilted one-sided meta again. Mm-hmm. Um, so will will the will the Kote format itself do that? Uh, yeah. I think it's reasonable for you to be concerned about it, but I don't necessarily think that it will. I yeah. it, I think it remains to be seen a little bit. One of the one of the big values in this game is clan loyalty. You know, learning to play your clan well. Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating, isn't it? Like I yeah, I didn't no other come in with crab and like I just I have to find a reason to not play crab and it's hard to stay away for too long. Right, you correct. It exists. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, right, I I've been, yeah. you know, I it's now December first, and I have two clans for my my year challenge for myself left. I'm playing <laughs> Unicorn and having a hard time winning with them, uh, and uh, then Phoenix. And he, for several months now, it's been like, I want to play some more Crab. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to go back to Crab. Um, and now you got Keyforge interfering in that space as well. Oh God, I love Keyforge. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, but you know, so this the game. The, the the community rewards clan loyalty, right? To yeah, I mean yes. No, yeah, no, sorry, it does. Not disagreed. Yeah. So um, I don't. You know, th- is the is the cote structure enough for people to say you know fuck clan loyalty? I mean, for some people, the answer that's that's a good question. For for some will say yes. First of all, but those people yes. those people are going to be clan loyal anyway. Yeah. Yeah. True. Is there an, are there are there perennial waivers that for it will affect? I'll buy on that one. The, so. If I can bring up part of the, because again, I hadn't hit this conversation a whole lot before before today. Hey, me not being prepared. That's a shock. Um, <laughs> but part of what I feel here is to kind of get this in mind. It looks to me like the impression is of this structure is because we don't have any other incentive to be the top of the clan, that there is one ring and what one person gets to rule them all. Yeah, that, yeah, so, that's yeah. basically yeah. it, right? There's one, there's one piece at the at the end, and that's, that's it. Otherwise, it's participation stuff, yeah. and you're playing for. The the prize tickets or whatever form those prize tickets yeah. take because there are going to be prize walls at these things, right? And, yeah, and that's the argument there is because there is no reason to be the best lion simply to be the best player that that's hitting clan clan mm-hmm. hitting diversity. Uh, no argument there. I, I do think that's a detrimental. Whether or not it plays out that way, that's a detrimental idea. I agree completely there. I yeah. will say that, but I'm not as convinced on the competitive end that it's not is necessary that cut and dry. But right. yeah, that is definitely not going to help. And as, as um, Doug was saying there, that we have this idea that the, the the game and the community has the idea that there is clan loyalty involved. And when we hit on, maybe maybe this is the thing we're worrying about something we don't need to worry about, but we're worrying about it because we see it as as a as a bad idea in terms of how we like the game. Here's something that says, no, don't worry about being clan loyal. Let's win the event. It's cool. Right. And we all go, well, we don't like that. That's crap. Yeah. And yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where people are coming from. Yeah. It's totally. like, well, if you're if I don't have a reason to root. 
uh, or I don't have a reason if I if even if I'm just playing for fun, like rooting for my unicorn guy against the crab, even after he's lost one, that that's 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 lost its its oomph yeah. for me. There's no, I've I'm, lost my motivation. There's lost the force because that unicorn player should they win. Should they go four and two, or I don't, and I don't know what the old method was, but if that unicorn player gets a high enough number of points, they would be a Hotomoto, and yay, right? Mm-hmm. And there's not that anymore. So to flip this round, why do we think they're doing this? Is it is it largely just to keep the, the strength of the title? You know, you earned that damn Hasamoto. Is it to keep length of the tournament down? Well, I think the incentive for six rounds no cut is definitely for length of yeah, for fre- frequency. Pr- like let allow yeah. people to travel for one day and do other things and do multiple things because these are all being hosted these cotes are all being most I think most of these cotes are ho- hosted and run by Cascade Games who are also offering other games alongside. So mm-hmm. here in Denver there's going to be X-Wing, Keyforge, L5R, Game of Thrones and Rune Wars or maybe not Game of Thrones. But Runebound, Rune Wars. So there's going to be four other games taking place at the same convention so they're or weekend. So they're expecting right? a robust, a robust um, uh, drop, drop culture then. Uh, lose, maybe, lose, lose, maybe lose, lose a game out. You go right? basically. There's, no, there's the cotes cost twenty bucks a pop. Yeah, they right? are then. Keyforge. Yeah. There's Keyforge sealed events. There's Keyforge. They post these. There's Keyforge sealed events. There's Keyforge Archon events, which are you bring your mm, own yep. deck. Um, there's uh, X-Wing Open Series at some of these, and then there's X-Wing tournaments at others. So it all depends on where the lo- what what's happening at your particular location. Yeah. But they're all pretty inexpensive compared to a Grand Cote at Gen Con cost me 70 bucks. Yeah. No, right? they, or 55 or whatever it was yeah, last year. That's so, my impression. They're expecting, they're expecting a, a strong drop culture. I lost a game. Cool. Let's go do Keyforge. Yeah. And Basically. And... Yeah, um, but they're just trying to shorten it up. Yeah. Right. No cuts. No long days. You have a six-round Swiss tournament could be done in eight hours. Now and Cascade, yeah. thank, bless their hearts, still use Lotus Pavilion, so yeah. the turnover from <laughs> from one round to another is very quick. And that's a reasonable goal to get to, right? I can't argue with that. And in in a game that didn't have the clan issue, if we'll refer it to that, it would. It, I think it works fine. But yeah, it's a weird. What's the five goal of the Cote? Of, of these events, that's the, that's the that's, that's what, the what the conversation is about. From from the L five so, view, that's the question. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's a six round tournament that you know they're going to be having them. What well, sounds like all over the country. Um, yeah, they're they've announced eight so far. I think so far. At Honestly, least, yeah, so. with the first two, the, the right now as we sit here, packs unplugged. Grand Cote is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So. That one is going on, and then there's then then there's a lot of cotes, and then there's a grand cote somewhere. I don't remember where. So, like grand cotes aside, just talking about just you know cotes. Mm-hmm. You know how many have they scheduled so far? I forget. I think there were either seven or eight between those two, but then so five or six cotes. Okay, five or six instances of two day series of cotes. So it's a so it's a series of two-day events in mm-hmm. various places around the country. Each day is a separate event, mm-hmm. and each day could, w- would, could yield a Hatamoto. Mm-hmm. Well, should basically, not guaranteed. This is, this is, guaranteed. This is just you know a practice or a qualifier or you know call what you, you know. It's it's kind of like a PPTQ or something like that in Magic, where it's just a you know you go, you warm up, you you're in a you're in a, a competitive tournament 
you know, convention situation, you know, that's, you know, you're, it's practice for a grand cote. There is something to that because until you've, until you lose your first game, as it were, you're not particularly invested. Or rather, until you win your first four, shall we say. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of like, oh my God, i got to do well, right? Because the moment you lose your first one, cool. Either I play and forget about it or I leave the game. You know what I'm saying? There's not right, a whole lot like of tension. Ha, ha, you can well, just practice. I, at I, what point first, have you I lost round one, so I'm just going to play for prize tickets and get something cool off the prize and, and like you say, And like you say there, get some practice in. Yeah. Because I'll be hitting people and around the same. Play a game you en- and in theory, play a game you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. once you've gotten your $20 value, if you've yeah. been, if like, you could, you know, I could see a lot of drops after round three. Yeah. If you, so the, if the people who are 0-3, yeah. you're like, okay, Fine, I ain't having any fun. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Right. But yeah, there's that. So okay, so uh, moving aside from the, from the clan clan problem, that's a reasonable, that's a good thing, basically for the card game as a business to be like, hey, for giving people a chance to come and take part, like you say, as a pro tour quali- qualifier yeah. style deal. Yeah, no, okay, I can see that, and it al- it does mean that if, as we said, they're doing a quicker, simpler to run, uh, more punchy event, it does mean they can do them more efficiently. They can do them, get them out there and have them run well. So you pay yeah. twenty bucks, either get the Hadamoto or you don't. If you don't, you get a bunch of prize tickets. You come away with something up the prize wall, yeah. some nice alt art card or something like that. That you know is, and you have, and hopefully you had a fun day of you know meeting some f- new, you know, people in your area or for people from the nearby locations that you know play the game. Also, maybe you make some new friends. Yeah, totally. and and that's and I think that's where a lot of the the criticism is also coming from in that. Because these are "quote unquote" lighter, more yeah. casual than the previous co- the, the previous iteration of cotes and grand cotes, that people won't travel for them, right? That Denver has two days, and we will see thirty-person cotes, forty, Maybe. you know, instead of sixty-five, a hundred, what have you. Uh, the United States sees thirty-five people. All I can say to you guys there personally: whenever I run an event that's more hardcore, you get less people. Make it easier for people to take part. More people turn up. That's all. That's this. true. That's, just That's the true. Experience I can base yep, it on. Yep. So, I think you've got your psychology wrong there. So, well, no, 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 no. I, I think like it's casual, but you you won't have people traveling for it from long distances. That's what I'm kind of getting at. My experience is certainly this area. You will. The hardcore guys go to the nearest hardcore event. The people who are looking for something at all that they think will be welcoming will come from freaking miles away. That's and how I you think people. You think people yeah. come from. Well, if you you can't really somewhere can't besides the border states of Colorado, I think it's I think it's entirely possible if they're just enjoying going to them. Maybe okay. they look at it, they look at it and go, "I'm not going to get my head stomped in." You know what I'm saying? That's that's the casual player's view. I don't want to go along to something where I'm just going to get. All right, okay, I'll get for that. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. You know, you have to think about this differently than. So uh, even though I you know sort of compared it to the Magic Pro Tour just a minute ago, mm. you do have to think about it like it's different than the Magic Pro Tour. In when you go to, you know, once you get to the the PTQs, not yeah. the PPTQs, but the PTQs, the big guys. then you're getting people who are ultra competitive, who are like, who are really trying for that money prize of the the pro tour, yeah, and who are getting serious about, and they're not playing it for fun anymore. They're playing it for, you know, for to be a shark and to you know win for and a living, a prize. earn a living, yeah, yeah, for any, yeah the moment you so. There, yeah. This is going to be a more casual, fun thing, it, and it, even even FFG Worlds is a more casual, fun thing than any Magic Pro Tour event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of hardcore competition, but you know, there's since there's no you know monetary incentive, there's you know 
you get to call yourself world champion or whatever. You get to design a card. You get you, you or you walk away with a hot motor or something like that, and it's, you know a nice you know token box and a nice playmat and some other things. Yeah, it's it's great. You get some good swag, but you know that's I mean that's it. So you know the the competition here, while it gets you know pretty rough, it should always be you know friendly competition in the mm. end. Yeah, more you so know. more so than like you say what you're comparing yeah. it to, which is the pro tour level. Right. Yeah. Totally. So I would expect that it's something like this where it's. It's a fun tournament. I mean, we get people who come to just our fun tournaments that we have at Total Escape that just don't show up to other events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would think that I think that maybe Carl might be onto something that it's a, it's a welcoming event. It's you know low barrier to entry. There's other things going yeah. on once yeah. you're done. A festival atmosphere is a phrase I was going to use. You go. That's that's you go, great. I'm going to go play right. some L5R, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'll also get to hit some Keyforge and maybe some X-wing. Yeah, cool. Why not? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm hoping that's what it is. Yeah. I'm hoping that's what it ends up being. I think that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. I think that's what FFG and Cascade are aiming for. So. So you know, I mean, all right. So I'm I, I'm a little bit I'm feeling a little bit better. Okay. Feeling a little bit better about that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. So I don't. So I think our conclusion there is that it uh, too long didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you skipped ahead, TLDL. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then it probably won't kill attendance. Yeah. But the clan diversity, it's still we'll to be determined. See. Yeah. We'll see. It if, depends if on it, when it happens. I think. Really. If, if it comes off as a fun event, that's just I'm going to go play in a tournament. You know, I'll pay my twenty bucks. Mm. And I'll get some cool, you know, participation prizes and something off the prize wall and come home. Yeah. And, you know, have fun playing with people that I only ever see at the tournaments. You know, I'll, you know, like there, I have friends that I see only whenever I go to Gen Con. They're still my friends. Mm-hmm. I still love seeing them. They're still great people. But I only ever see them at Gen Con. So they're, they're, they're going to be people who go to these things just to say, hey, I haven't seen, you know, Bob in a while. And I only ever see him at L5R events. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll show up. And I'll throw in as well. I'd worry a heck of a lot more about what children of the em- of the whatever the hell it is. Children of the children Empire. of the Empire. Thank you. Not too children men, of too, the Emperor. Too, a lot of people yeah, are no slipping kid. up with oh, children of go. the Emperor. I was it's going not children there. of the Emperor. I was going there. Um, and he, the children he Emperor isn't a very, very, very randy person. <laughs> no, yeah. He's actually <laughs> aging, so he has very few of those. So it's children <laughs> of the Empire. Yeah. No. Um, on that. So on, on. I would worry more about that box set or the next unicorn pack or things like that. Not because I think we should worry about them, but I think those are far more uh, more likely to affect clan diversity than the than the structure of an event. Yeah, and I and I I look forward to being able to play with those cards. Definitely, that should that should be a hoot. I yeah. want to. Yeah, um, I, I want the box. I can't wait. <laughs> it's so, I'm it's hoping like it's mid January. I'm really hoping it's mid January. I, I it's today is what December first. We've got a, a yeah. get, you know a month yeah. and change. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I want it a month and change with a lot of distraction between now and then. So hopefully, we'll, so, so New, hopefully uh, it'll go by fairly quickly. Yeah. Right? I, I get my first ever actual Kickstarter in a couple of weeks. The your legacy, first legacy legacy edition of Aeon's End coming nice. through. A huge this campaign box set. This so is your first Kickstarter you've yep, ever backed. Actually done for. Yep. Very wow, cool. Nice. Yep. Very fingers, cool. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I wish I could say that I've only ever backed one Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent a lot of money on Kickstarters over you know the past four or five years. Uh, <laughs> Uh, um, from from some numbers I saw recently, you're not alone. Yeah. So one of the things that's happening is we are starting up a league for L5R in January. So we're gonna we're gonna take kind of the holidays off because people are doing so many things. Keyforge, uh, lots of Keyforge. Yeah, there is a lot <laughs> of Keyforge happening. Uh, there were, and and you know we are lovers of L5R. L5R is a weight. Yeah. Right. Is a eight pound ball 
Mm-hmm. Keyforge is like a racquetball. I was going to say, <laughs> key, key Forge practice and training is, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, is, you know, playing in the park, you're throwing the frisbee and ringing the dog. Yeah. yeah. L5R yeah. Um, training is the martial arts movie montage. It's the, <laughs> it's the metal bars and the pumping the thing and the punching the meat, right? You know? Yeah. It is, it is the yeah. back and forth. So there, there were 32 people at a launch event for Keyforge. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And there were... We had a 18, eight, I think there were 18 players at Total Escape on Wednesday. There were I wasn't six, sure if it was 12 or what. But uh, there, at least there was 14. A bunch. At least 14. Yeah, there were. You guys were having table issues, right? From what you were saying. Oh, yeah, 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 we ran out of table space. Yeah. And, and Which hasn't happened to us in a long time. Yeah, every once in a while we hit kind of, we hit the critical mass with L5R and with all the D&D takes taking place because we meet on Wednesday nights. And so we hit yeah. that critical mass with L5R, but we've never a- actually had to use like demo tables, which is what that had to happen on <laughs> on last Wednesday. Yeah. So um, there was just no space to play. Yeah, and, w- and I, d- I came to and I went to to Total Escape to play L five R, and I couldn't get a game of L five R in. Yeah, and I got I got one in, and then and then uh, Eric Torres he just just ransacked me. Like I won one conflict. Which deck was he out using? Of six, the Phoenix Line one, where oh, he God. used the Ancestor Strength, and yeah, it's he had bench. the nuts. He got yeah, walking the way. He yep. got the uh, Fushisho onto mm-hmm. a thing, and then he Fushisho walking the way the Fushisho, and then Ancestor Strength. So a one-one went to seven. Went to six-six. Yeah. Six. And I was like, all right. All, all, I, can, all I can say, you, I've been playing insane. against that for months because one of the regulars has been doing it, and it's a dick. Yeah, it's a rough, yeah. Rough deck. Like he got Tadaka out after that ancestor strength thing, and and I was just like, oh man, like I can't even begin to get close <laughs> to that. Like, um, so I scooped after I think round three. I was like, okay, because he had everything. Oh, that's what we it was. We flipped round three. I had all these weenies, and he definitely did not have weenies. And I went, ah. I looked. I had one broken. I knew that there was nothing I was going to be able to do. I only had three cards in my hand. He had six or seven, so he had everything going for him. Um, <laughs> and there was, and it was really, I was really kind of weirded out because there were so many people crowding us because there was Keyforge <laughs> everywhere. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, let's, was, let's so pick you, up. You're let's tell, let's you're get telling, out of here. You telling me you lost your game of L5R to peer pressure? Yeah, <laughs> well, just just well, people pressure. He, no, he, he and it was weird because he's like, uh, I'm done. I'm gonna just concede and then <laughs> he got up and he was like i think i might go home and then I, I, I was like i was finishing up a game of keyforge and then so he went over and talked with tim and john at the at the front desk and i finished up my game of keyforge what i'm like so are you leaving or are you hanging around he's like no i'll stay i'm like oh, do you want to play he's like yeah, let's play some keyforge i'm like okay yeah. all right yep. yeah. yeah there you go counter counter tilties and then i and then i proceeded to Three and one him or two yeah. and one him. Two and one. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we had we uh, did we f- we finished one game when we played yesterday. Uh, we finished one game which yeah, you raped me on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks was, for reminding was, me. Was, well, the other two were good games, but we had a we had one like oh my god in heaven. Yeah. I'm 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 an okay L five R player. <laughs> I'm not an okay Keyforge player. <laughs> well, I have a record of with the four decks that I've played. I I'm serious. I probably have a record of three and thirty. It's wow. insane. Yeah. I my record with Keyforge is better than that. I'm I'm, I think I'm a better Keyforge player than I am L5R player. I think I'm a competitive L5R player, but I don't win a lot. <laughs> 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 I, I I can I can play a good game. I can give you a run for your money, but I might not put it in the W. <laughs> <laughs> and there we are. And, uh, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, putting it in the W column. We column. We have a episode thing. 
<laughs> uh, and yeah, so if you haven't heard that phrase before, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, I have. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. perfectly placed, that's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. um, but Keyforge, I'm having better luck with that. And I've got two good decks. One is uh, an untamed uh, amber generating machine, and the other one is a uh, Deese, Brobnar, and uh, what is it? Logos? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it runs with only two houses. It's oh, yeah, it, it, oh my it god! It's 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 awesome. That's the one that I <laughs> that I beat him twice with the other night. And it yeah. was, <laughs> it was he was getting very unhappy. He's like, I've got to have a deck that can beat this. <laughs> <laughs> this that deck is going to get chains. It's going to get it's going to get chains eventually, yeah. just mm-hmm. by default. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was fun. And but need to get more L five R. Yeah. yeah, like I say, it might might be the season. The game just released. We're waiting for new yeah. stuff. You know, well, it is. Um, and Keyforge Key is right. the new hotness. It'll yeah. settle down. We'll see what what it's, we'll see how hot the game is after Christmas. Totally yeah. so. Totally yeah. so. Um, now, and then, but then that'll be you know Keyforge will settle down, and then we'll, children will hit, and it'll be all L five R all the time. <laughs> there we go. We have new cards, and that's okay. <laughs> that's that, okay. Yeah, it'll oh, yeah, be great. Kind of cycle it'll be awesome. is all right. So last time, uh, I when when I included uh, the Legend of the Five or More podcasts, I forgot, unfortunately, to include uh, Brian's excellent podcast, Focus, Focus, Strike. Uh, I apologize to Brian. Take a listen to him. It's one of my favorites. It's it's always fun to listen to him um, talk about L5R and all the other nerdy things he talks about. So my apologies again to Brian for leaving him out of that. Uh, leaving him off the list, he definitely did participate in that podcast that I just, there were a lot of people and I thought I got everybody. So uh, th- now, we talked about him quite a bit, but uh, Eric Torres is our newest supporter. He is a supporter at the Daimyo level. Uh, thanks to wow. all our Patreon supporters. Awesome. If you are interested in supporting our efforts, uh, check out uh, patreon.com slash Oh, and, uh, and uh, the mats are nice. Yes, yes, we have the mats. We got the mats. Oh, and I got the sleeves back in. Sweet. Ooh, the sleeves. Go, I can give I can give you five more. Fair, there we <laughs> Carl, go. Bri- briefly. Yes. Briefly until No, 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 not get briefly. More. I got until I got quite a few of them. For <laughs> 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 you see, to fight and whine and whine and fight that is that is, where am I going? To sleep. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, where is this friend of yours? Oh, sod, you're right. Where is he? It's been bloody ages, I hope. Well, now, that was invigorating. Why do you have a katana? And why are you, it, and the floor covered in blood? Oh, you needn't worry, gentlemen. None of it is mine. This one I like. I like a lot. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugami find us. Thanks for listening. And remember, honor is the deadliest weapon. We'll talk all about the love the unicorn has gotten over the last few weeks from the community. <laughs>
<coughs> we won't. <clears throat> we'll talk all about the love that the Unicorn has gotten over the last few weeks from the community. God above. Community <laughs> <laughs> creation. There's an outtake for you. Community creation. Community creation. Community creation to the incoming warriors of the Wind Clan pack. That's pretty good. I'd like to point out that's pretty good. 